Well, God bless you. Uh, the message uh, tonight, just for you and right for my heart, is the Lord is my strength. Say that with me at home. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my strength. You see, sometimes we might feel like that life can be like a yo-yo. I mean, like a yo-yo. I've seen professional individuals with a yo-yo, and I'm thinking, how in the world did they do all the tricks with a yo-yo? I mastered up and down. I got that much right. But sometimes life can feel like you're on a yo-yo. Sometimes you feel like, okay, uh, I'm, uh, we're successful. Everything is going beautifully. We finally got things where we can manage them correctly. And then something like COVID-19 hits or something relating to that. And you just thought, wow, all the things I thought really were foundational for me. They're gone now. Now I'm uh, stepped into an arena that I'm not familiar with. Well, that's all right. There's no arena that you're ever going to step into that God hasn't already been there and already ministered and met that need. But when we hit those moments, we become sometimes frustrated. I don't know about you. If you've been at home much, you no doubt have been a little frustrated with what's happening there. And maybe uh, you begin to question your relationship with God and you think, God, where are you at? And are you going to get a handle on this thing? And then maybe you begin to question God and his word. Is God's word real? Is it authentic? And you begin to view unbelievers and say, here I am a believer my whole life and I got laid off or I lost my job. And, and that unbeliever over there just down the street, buddy, their job is secure. And God, what's up with that? How do we manage through that? You see, here's what I know. Satan will always, COVID-19 or not, he'll always throw something at you to trouble you and to cause you to doubt and to tempt you toward unbelief. But we, my friend, when we walk in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and we face more circumstances like we're facing right now, what is the goal? We get stronger and we believe by the power of Almighty God that we will be better. Oh, but some might say, as I heard someone say the other day, Pastor, can Satan do what he pleases with me? It just seems like every time I turn around, he's trying to take over. Can he, can he treat me like a yo-yo just up and down? And then other, other individuals, well, what can I do to escape this hard situation that I'm in? Well, I'm here to tell you sometimes that may not be God's will to escape it may be God's will to take you through. He's really, really good at that. And you say, well, well, what does God then expect of me as a believer? I want to be a good follower. I want to have a great testimony. What does God expect of me or expect of me as a believer? And here's number one, hold on. Say that with me out there, wherever you are, hold on. Well, what does that mean? I'm going to describe it in a minute, but you've got a pretty good grip on what that means. And we find ourselves in Exodus, the 14th chapter, the eighth verse. And it says, and the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, king of Egypt. Well, you know, how often have we believed that when we face a trial and we think, God, I don't think I can bear anymore. I don't, I don't, if one more thing happens, I just don't think that I can take it. Well, in those times, we may become abused by the circumstances, but circumstances don't rule. 
we may feel like we are forsaken. God, turn your back. I feel like sometimes, God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus said those words, but we know that he hasn't. And we might say, well, everyone else is just going their merry way and protecting themselves, and they forgot about me. Or you might say, I'm, my faith is not as strong as I thought it was. I found myself filled with anxiety and and I'm, I just don't have any creative edge, and I have no drive, and I have no real interest. Satan toys with our minds, trying to create circumstance in us to impinge on our spiritual resolve. And our text reveals something about the children of Israel. And we're going to learn from that situation tonight because they had a challenge. They'd been liberated from Egypt after being in bondage at least three generations for more than 400 years under Pharaoh, who was the ruler of the Egyptians. And the children of Israel were there, and we always know that when they're in bondage and, and servitude to that group of individuals, we, we know it's because they were disobedient. They decided to turn away from God. Well, <clears throat> They were released, and they said, boy, how wonderful is that? They sang, no doubt, victory in Jesus, an old song in the hymnal at the church. And they're moving forward. All of a sudden, Pharaoh changed his mind, and he got his best cavalry of hundreds and hundreds of his best fighters in their chariots, and they took off after the people of God. They took off after Moses and the children of Israel. And here's what they said when they realized that they are being chased down. This was their response. Does this sound like a group of avid followers of Christ? Listen to what they said. They became fearful and faithless and cried out to God. And they murmured and said, we had better graves in Egypt than for us have to die out in this wilderness. They turned on Moses, always turn on the leader. We told you this wouldn't work, but you wouldn't listen, old man. And they said, we would have been better to remain in slavery as all the other generations for 400 years. We would have been better off staying right there. Does that sound like someone you want to follow? Does that sound like a God that you want to trust? Does that sound like a group of individuals that's really going to create a revival spirit that you want to point your children to and say, listen, listen to that group of people, listen to that individual as, as they respond to the times that we are with in. In other words, you can hear the influence of Satan in every word they said. And you see, Satan does not have a free hand toward us. And I can prove it in Scripture over everything that happens in our culture, in our community, has a distinct pur purpose. Nothing sinks, sneaks up on God. Nothing takes him by surprise. He is bound, the enemy, by the restrictions of the saving grace of Jesus Christ. That's all there is to it. We have grace, we have mercy, and we have a Savior God's Word said this, and God hardened the heart of Pharaoh, meaning no devil or satanic influence is free to do whatever it will 
against you. God took the number one leader of the satanic bondage of the children of Israel, and God came in and hardened his heart. Well, let me give you a few illustrations, and maybe it will help encourage you tonight. Number one, Job. The devil came after Job. He asked God, hey, I'd like to take him out because I don't, I don't believe he's the real deal. And God said, well, here's what I know. You can take his possessions, but you can't lay one finger on him. What about Peter? Peter was that avid personality, that go-getter. I'm going to conquer everything, and I'm going to do it without any help. And Jesus looked at him and said, listen, Peter, just so you may not know, it does, Satan would like to sift you like wheat. But he said, I have prayed for you. Get that. Here's what Jesus said, but I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. Paul, of course, was another facing all kind of adversarial circumstances, and he thought, wow, this may be more than I can bear. And the reality is, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man because God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Now, we can settle that right now. And we have one more, James, who was the brother of Jesus. This is what he said. He says, when you resist the devil, that is an action. You, when you resist the devil in James 4, 7, he said, you submit yourself to God. You resist the devil, and here's what will happen. He will flee. So listen, everybody. Here's what we know. Though the circumstances are out there, and though they seem to be terrible, and they are, and though we get press reports every day from the president and the surgeon general, and we, and we hear all that, here's what I want to connect with you about tonight. On this wonderful Wednesday night, a couple of days before Good Friday, don't worry, God has got us in the palm of his hand. He knows exactly what's going to happen. Someone asked me today, when do you think this is going to be over? I'll tell you when it gets over. I said to that individual, when, when? the time is right, it will end. Well, you said, that didn't say much. No, I said a lot. Until then, we're going to keep on keeping on. Here's the second thing I'd like to point out to you. One is hold on. <clears throat> Number two, God leads out front. He doesn't send us out, you know, like he's God, he's the leader, and he sends out the front troops, and he's back there somewhere, and and say, so here, here's what God does. God takes the front, and he leads from the front. He said, I want you to know I'm going before you. And this is what he said, Exodus 14. He said, Moses answered to the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you will see the deliverance of the Lord will bring you today. And the Egyptians, get this, the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. Wow. That strikes a chord. The Egyptians that I see back there chasing us, are you saying we will never see them again? And in that scripture, there are three points that maybe we can hang on to. And maybe you're taking notes out there at home with your finger and a little peanut butter on a piece of paper. Number one, fear not. Say that with me. Fear not. Well, what does that mean? It means be reconciled to God's power. There is no way for you to adequately have fear if you believe in the power of God, one who is able to harden the heart of Pharaoh. 
And then be bold. When you're not afraid, you can be bold. Here's another. You believe God. God, I believe you. It does not matter what it seems like, what it looks like. I believe you. I trust you. And then be encouraged. Be encouraged. This is the day the Lord hath made. And then another, bind unbelief. Figure a way out to take that positive step of faith and bind unbelief. I know what I just saw. I saw the report. I saw the numbers. Oh, God, what are we going to do? Bind that unbelief. Matthew 10, 31 says, so don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. And then here's another. Stand still. This is a good one. Stand still. It's something that we don't often do. We're forced to do that. We have time, some of you now, to just stand still. That is to uh, wait on God. God says, I have your attention now. Just wait on God. And then listen to God's voice. God, what are you trying to tell me in the midst of all this? God, I'm, I'm here waiting. I'm listening to my worship. And hush the clamoring lies of the devil. He will never, let me use this uh, yard talk, he will never shut up. He'll always keep on until you say, resist him. I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. And then gain control from the inside out by the Holy Spirit. Oh, one of the songs I love to sing, it is well with my soul. Another song I say, in his presence. Sharon and I this morning at 714, we started about 713 and got in dire prayer mode and I prayed and she prayed and and then we began to sing there's just no way any devil in hell can hang out when you begin to pray and you begin to praise and sing worship songs unto God standing still gives gives God an opportunity to work in you before he can work for you let me say that again standing still gives God an opportunity to work in you before he can work for you the psalmist said in psalms 46 10 be still and know that i'm god and i will exalt or i will be exalted among nations and i will be exalted in the church and finally see the salvation of the lord salvation save that's what it means what what does that mean it means look for the supernatural we're not going to beat anything in the natural But look for the supernatural. Look for the abnormal. Somewhere out there, it's God moving. Expect and experience the unbelievable. And expect to be involved in risk. I told a group of individuals yesterday in a conference call, and we were talking about some of the challenges in this organization. And I said, I believe with all of my heart that there's something out there that we don't see, that we don't know, that we have an experience that we've never been able to count on. There's something out there that God is doing. I just want us to believe that it's going to come into the picture before very long. Gain control from the inside out. Expect the supernatural and expect to be involved in some kind of a risk. I call that faith. You know, you can't expect God to do it all. I mean, you can But God works best when you decide to say, it's all or nothing, God. I'm in all the way. I'm not running away from this. And expect the Word of God to become like a fire in you when you stand. Still, Moses said to the people, the Lord 
will fight for you. You believe that? I do. I believe it with all of my heart. Psalms 27, 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And then finally, finally, we advance forward. We advance forward. Exodus 14, 15, then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. You know, you can move on before you might think it's time to move on. You can move forward. There is a time when you either sit down or you get up. You either retreat or you advance. You either pass the buck to somebody else or you assume responsibility. God said to Moses, don't cry to me. Get ready to advance. And I'm going to encourage those of you that are listening, wherever you are, the wonderful Victory community, stand up. Pray more and listen to God. You see, when we in the midst of our challenge come to the conclusion that we believe God and that Satan does not have ultimate rule over us, we can sit in his presence and we can hear from God and let him touch our hearts. And when we have that, we can get up with full confidence and begin to advance toward the goal God has for us. Why? Because the future is waiting. Listen, I want to behave like we're going to come back to church soon and very soon. I want to believe that when we do, that everybody's going to be as ready as I am to get back in this sanctuary. You say, well, it's been unusual. You know, sure, it's been unusual. You should, you should see what it's like to preach to you guys out there to primarily empty pews. Usually people feed back. I don't, I don't get much feedback, but I hear you there at home. I know you're with me, but that day will come and I'm going to stand at the window in my office and I'm going to see you car after car after car after car come back in here and what a time we are going to have. Now the future's waiting. Now Moses Moses used his instrument. It was the rod. They're talking about it because they haven't crossed the Red Sea yet. And what did God do when Moses took that step of faith? He divided the water. God people walked across the Red Sea, might I add, on dry ground. And then God dealt with Pharaoh and his armies, just as he said. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Bible says, that day the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptian, and Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. It was exactly what God said it was. It's important to remember that every miracle comes as a result of challenging circumstances. So here are a few questions. Does God put more on us than we can bear? What do you believe? I hope you believe. No, he doesn't. Question number two, have you been still long enough for God to birth in you a way of escape or a way through? And then number three, 
at this moment, God is giving you instruction. Whether you advance or not is up to you. God never twists our arms. The children of Israel found the green light, and they sang a victory song as God brought them through and delivered them. And it's found in Exodus 15, 2 and 3. And this is what they said. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. He is my God. And I will praise him, my Father's will, and I will exalt him. And the Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. My friend, may we remember the Lord is my strength. May we remember by faith that God has given us a little energy and a little fuel through the preaching of his word and worship. So I'm going to ask you right where you are, just stay put for a moment. Don't turn us off yet. And let's have a prayer. There may be somebody who God desires to touch and redeem their soul tonight. Here we go. Heavenly Father, I thank you because I know that you are able to bind the powers of darkness. And maybe some of us have not been responding to this situation like we should. Maybe we've gone a little haywire. Maybe we've drifted off into the ditch. And maybe we've even turned our back on you a little bit. God, I know this. You are more than able to take our hand if we reach out to you. There comes a time and all of us receive information. And we have to act on that information. We have to decide, are we going to follow you? We have to decide, am I going to take up the cross? We have to decide... And am I going to be one of those that I can have individuals point to me and say, listen to them. They are full of faith. They're full of courage. And there may be some whose heart is not right. And God, they have sin that's plagued them. And tonight is a good night for them to get forgiveness. So I'm going to ask those of you out there to the best of your ability to repeat this prayer just for a moment. Here we go. Heavenly Father. I thank you for Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross to redeem me from my sins. So the best way I know how, I activate my faith and I say forgive me. I desire to follow you. God, you know that I'm weak. In so many areas, I'm asking you now to make me strong. I give my heart to you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. We're going to continue to worship for one more song. Ordinarily, I'd tell you to stand to your feet, but I hope you will just worship one more song, and then then you can cut us off after that, okay? God bless you, everybody. Let's join together declare this. God, you're so good. We sing, God, you're so good. God, you're so good. And God, you're so good. You're so good. Can we declare that together? God, you're so good. See, God, you're so good. Oh, come on, through every season. And God, you're so good. 
Sunday, invite somebody to watch online with you, and we'll see you soon. God bless you guys.